So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, The Big Kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. Today is going to be a good teaching lesson because I'm I'm not having any guests on. I'm just going to uh, preach it to you, Kahuna style, in one of my favorite places. Uh, I am on the shores of Waikiki. Uh, why can't you say it right? Waikiki Beach in Oahu, just having a wonderful time with my family. And I could not come and at least do one podcast while I'm out here. So um, this is kind of a special edition, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Before we get started, though, I just want to give a shout out. You know, I truly love it when you guys take the time to go to iTunes and leave um, reviews. And so this next review comes from W. Harvey 93. He says, tons of value. This podcast was instrumental in me getting started in multifamily, and I truly believe Corey to be an amazing mentor and friend. Highly recommend to everyone, whether seasoned or new, keep kicking butt, Corey. Hey, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Hey, I love it when you guys take the time. And I know it's, it's kind of a pain in the butt to get out there and, and to do that, but it really does mean a lot to me. And it, it honestly makes me smile. Um, so listen, today, today I want to talk about, um, and usually when I talk about these kinds of things, these are things that I go through and I experience, and it helps me kind of like, I'm like, dude, I'm going through some crap right now. I want to. I, I usually share with you guys my stuff, my my bad stuff, not always my good stuff. The good, the stuff that's actually more fun to share is things I'm having problems with. And so, I want to start with these these next three things that I'm going to talk about are really the things that you should be really paying attention to. And I really need you to listen. I think it'll help you a lot. And the first one is you need to have a performance clause in your contracts. You know, today's market is, it's just competitive, meaning there's lots of people out there trying to find apartment deals and they're making offers that are stupid. What I mean by stupid offers, I mean the kind that, you know, I'm going to go $200,000 hard, sight unseen, uh, and I'll close in, you know, 30 days and I'll do all this stuff. And it may not, it may not, I mean, that deal may not even work. I'm telling you, there is stupid money out there doing this right now. And I'm telling you right now, you do not want to be on that side of a contract when things go south. And so one of the things that we have started to do, and why do we start to do this? Because listen, I'm a victim here of what happened, seller's coma. We've talked about seller's coma before, but listen, this, it's starting to become a plague. And, and finally, I'm, I'm fed up with it. So we are now putting performance classes in our contracts. 
And meaning if you don't hit this metric, right? So it's like we were just did a student housing deal. And actually, we're gonna we're gonna get a contract under contract right now. I think we just got it under contract today while I'm in Hawaii. How awesome is that? But um, we put in there that it's a ninety percent economic occupancy clause. And if they don't have that, when two weeks before we're getting ready to close, we can cancel the contract. Well, why are we doing that? Because I'm telling you, seller's coma is real, and people put stuff under contract, and then the owners and the ownership group or the management company they check out. And guys, normally it takes, you know, between three to four months, five months, sometimes 120 days, close an apartment deal. Well, in, in, in that amount of time, things can go south badly if people are not paying attention. And trust me when I tell you, most people, they're not, okay? They're just absolutely not. They do not care about you. They're only thinking about themselves, okay? So, you absolutely need to have a performance clause in your contract that dictates that you're going to get, you know, if you go past this date and the, you know, the numbers slip that you either have a, a way to cancel your contract or there's got to be a penalty and it's got to be a harsh penalty. The kind of penalty that makes you feel good, that you're not going to have to worry about, you know, whether or not you're going to be able to get your money is normally so after 90% if you're on if you're buying something that's 90% or better that normally means you can get Freddie Fannie like the best type of financing out there but what happens if it goes to 89 or 88 all of a sudden what you thought was going to be a really rosy beautiful lined up deal now turns into um, a CMBS loan or some type of bridge to perm or or just some type of uh, deal that really wasn't what you thought about when you were actually buying the project. Now, how do I know this? Okay. Because it happens and it's happened to me two or three times. I'm fed up with it. Corey Peterson is not putting deals, offers on deals without performance contracts. Now that may mean that I, I lose out on some deals. Ask me if I'm okay with it. I'm absolutely okay with it. And guys, you got to believe in your offers. You, you really have to believe in yourself and what you're doing. And listen, don't be afraid to walk away. You know, we're in a new year. As you're listening to this, it's a new year. The power of no, okay? Two letters, one word, no. I'm telling you, most of you guys need to learn how to say it, you know, because brokers like, oh, this is a great deal. And you, you need to be able to say, uh, no, no, it's not. No, 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 it's not a great deal. It's a marginal deal at best, right? Or no, you're, this deal sucks, broker. Like, you got to send me a better deal. Man, my wife does it all the time. My wife's so hey, my wife's crazy Asian, but that woman says no all the time, and she's like the barter queen. No, I won't. Can you do better? No, I won't. I won't pay this price. No, and I'm telling you, when you can master no, that's my goal. 2020 is to master no, no, even no to myself, right? No to myself. That's a that's another one. Listen, <laughs> the hardest thing you'll say is no to yourself because like. I don't know. I mean, if you're like me, I like things. I like nice stuff, you know, and I like to, I like to go, I like travel a lot, you know, <laughs> and sometimes that affects kids, right? Cause kids, you know, like dad, I, you know, even if I'm traveling with my wife, but I still have my kids. So you learn to say no to that. Sometimes, you know, no to traveling next year is my kids are going to be both in high school and we have high school sports. So we've had to say no to, fall travel for next year 
it's not going to happen. It's absolutely no. And that was a hard no. That was a hard one. So what are the no's in your life that you need to be saying right now? Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of you that are not saying no enough, man. And I'm preaching to you right now because listen, you get one shot at life. You get, you don't get your time back. You don't get your time back. So start saying no, say no more often. Hey, listen, right now it's, I got to say no to a freaking sneakers bar. Okay. I'll get real with you. <laughs> I got to say no to, to eating <laughs> and it's real, man. I'm not even lying. I don't want to be a big kahuna. I just want to be a skinny kahuna. And so I'm going to have to learn how to say no. And I know it's going to be not easy at first, but I need to, but I need to do it. I need and want and will do it. And so listen, when you get some new year clarity, the power of no is what most of us should be doing, right? No to more travel, no to all that crap in your life. Yes, yes to more of your friends and family. Yes to being a better dad. Yes to being a better mom. Yes to caring more and giving more and loving more. Yes to all the real stuff that matters, but no to all the stupid freaking work crap that we tell ourselves each and every day that we got to do. And listen, you don't, you don't, I know you don't, I don't. So stop that crap. Say no. All right. So that was the performance clause. <laughs> now, the next thing that you got to be doing, and this one's going to hurt because this one, this one's, this one's close to home is watching to make sure that your management company is coding your CapEx correctly. Now, we've implemented a policy now that we'll do this every month. We used to do it. Well, I didn't used to do it. Let's just call it. I thought my management company was doing it. And this year, we we're starting some refis. And I'm, I was really deep diving in our CapEx stuff. And I'm like, wait a second. Why is this here? Like, what's going on? Because like, it's not jiving. And then, and then my, my mortgage uh, broker, Aaron, Aaron Mole. And Eric Stewart are looking at some of these numbers and they're like, dude, like this isn't right. You, this is all CapEx stuff. You need to recode it because the, and the reason for this is it matters when you're doing a refi, when you're trying to show the bank, your numbers, and you're trying to meet DCR debt service requirements and things like that. And if your management company is coding everything to, to maintenance, when it should be coding to CapEx, you got, hey, Houston, there's a problem. And so we have had this problem and it looks like it's been for a couple of years. And so now we are really now, I mean, it's, a, it's been a chore. It's been a chore to go back and try to recode every expenditures. And so out of that have come some better systems and procedures. A, to our management company, what we dictated that they got to do, but B, from Kahuna Investments, my company as a asset management company, truly, because you know we own all these assets, we've got to be doing the work ourselves as well to verify. And so we actually hired an asset manager, manager, manager um, to do that for us. And what I've realized is, you know, as I've, I've got, you know, one or two properties, you can watch like a hawk. I remember when I had my one or two properties, I could watch them like a hawk. But as you start to expand, boys and girls, and start playing real Monopoly, you know, you're going to have new new problems. And those problems are, man, I want my sunsets, palm trees life. And do I got to watch the basket? Yes. You still got to watch the basket. Okay. You've got, or, or 
you pay someone to watch your basket. And that's what I've chose to do. I am now having an asset manager finally and doing it how I used to do when I had one or two. When I had one or two, I could focus in and spend a couple hours or a couple weeks, whatever it needed to deep dive in the financials and to make sure that things are getting coded correctly. Because it will absolutely matter when you go to refi. And honestly, most of these banks are now wanting quarterly reports anyways, or even monthly reports. And so that's why we have mandated it monthly that we go back and check up and say, hey, if they replace an HVAC, it's not maintenance, okay? It's a new HVAC. That is a capital improvement. You know, so there's some rules um, to go over. And we, ha- we have a definition. It's hard to, to talk about what you can and cannot code as CapEx on a podcast. But come join my mastermind or come, come be in my, um, or come to one of our courses. We will teach you all that stuff, right? Because you really need to have a detailed list of how, how you code things, how you actually buy things in, uh, in bulk for CapEx, right? There's, and, and really, the main thing is this. If it's new, if you're, if, you know, if you're, let's say you buy a property and you've looked at, you know, and said, hey, listen, we've got 40 vacants and all these one problem. These are all the ones we're going to turn this year. And so now we know the turn cost is not maintenance cost. It's actually CapEx because that was your part of your improvement plan, right? And this is where sometimes um, your management company is not going to really understand this. And you've got to say, hey, this is part of our overall plan, and it is CapEx what we're doing, okay? It's not just reoccurring stuff. We are transitioning all these units to this status, and we're putting new paint, new faceplates, new fixtures. The key word a lot of times is being new. New fixtures, new flooring, new um, you know, new appliances, new HVACs, all those things are capital improvements. They're, they're things that make your property better. And so you absolutely want to make sure that they're coded differently because when you're running your P&L, you're going to minus your CapEx items from your profitability, right? Because you're like, hey, listen, seller or Mr. Mr. Buyer or Mr. Mrs. Bank that I'm going to refi from, these are not part of the operations. We'd set aside extra money to do all these repairs and, and improvements. And so um, it doesn't uh, go, you know, go towards the performance of the property, right? And that makes your debt service coverage ratios different. Now, why, is, why do I know this? Because, man, last year we had a property that, that didn't hit it, that, that we got deemed from the bank. And it was so, it was frustrating for me because, like, it didn't need to be deemed, right? Now, we fixed it really quick. And we had to go back in and recode it. But, like, gosh, you want to make, make yourself look bad in front of a bank? Do that, right? Do I have that badge? Yep, sure do. And so these are things as, you know, I'm getting to a new level of ownership that you're going you're gonna to hit. You're going to hit these speed bumps. And sometimes when you hit a speed bump, you know, listen, like if you go past the speed bump hard, you're going to break something. So when you get ready to come to a speed bump, maybe you need to look up and say, ooh, I need to slow down for a minute and reassess and make sure that I got all my stuff right. That I don't need stuff, you know, going out the back of my pickup truck when I hit this thing going 100 miles an hour. So, uh, you know, so make sure that you are coding all your CapEx items monthly You have that talk with your management company. You make sure everything is correctly coded um, because sometimes it's the people that are at the actual property, the managers that are coding these items in and and maybe they don't even know what they're doing, right? 
which is what happened in our case. And so, you know, you think that there's a corporate person looking over it, but there's not. At least that's what we found out. There's not. So now we're like, we had to retrain every one of our staff and then also, you know, provide our over, you know, mentorship on it to make sure that it's done properly. And, and so now we're paying the butt. We're paying the butt to our management company. Ask me if I care. I don't, right? Our job as owners is to make sure we push our management companies and ex- expect what we expect, inspect what we uh, expect. You have to do it. And it's just business. It's not even personal. It's just trying to conduct good, clean business. And that's the way, that's what you want to be known for, right? Is that, you you know, and that way they know, because the squeaky wheel always gets to grease. You've got to make, you got to show everybody that, you know, you know, you're in charge, you know what you're doing and that you'll, and then you'll get the love. And that's just the way it works. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about, and, and this is not going to be a long, uh, a long podcast. I'm still, we're getting, we got dinner reservations at the Orchid. By the way, like, let me tell you, Hawaii is so nice. Every time I come here, I'm like, I know for a fact that I, I could live here. I could live here and I could stay here. And Shelly and I are going to buy a house. We're going to, we will buy a house. I think we got a three-year goal. It could be a little faster. We'll see. But, uh, well, it'll be in Kauai, though. I love, you know, Oahu's nice. Honolulu's cool. Waikiki's kind of neat. But I'm telling you right now, it's, there's nothing like Kauai. Kauai is like the Garden Island. It is the best island that I've ever been to in my life. It looks like Jurassic Park. Feels that way. It's very exotic. It's way low key. I like it that way. But listen, Hawaii's any place in Hawaii is still pretty magical, if you ask me. So if you've not ever been to Hawaii, don't kid yourself. Get here. It is awesome. You'll you'll truly fall in love with the the people, the spirit of Aloha. It, it is really something to see and experience. And you know, we brought our families. We actually, I brought a. Um, Came out here with a friend, a high school friend, grade school friend that I've known for 35 years. And, you know, they've got kids. And so that's what we're doing. So these, you know, the reason I'm in this business for me is about sunsets and palm trees. And it's about living the life that we, that I always wanted, which was to have time and money. You know, I, I feel like most of us have one, not everybody has both. And your goal, I think if you're listening to this podcast is to absolutely have both. And I'm sitting here right now telling you, you can. I am. I've got it both and I love it. And I want to share it with you in every way that I can. And, and really by sharing you all my mistakes and success and my failures and, and really trying to educate you on all the things that, that I've done so you can have enough clues and like things that you could pick up nuggets that really share a, a clear path for you. All right. So my last thing that I want to rant on today is underwriting. I'm telling you right now, too many people, probably you, are underwriting way too fast. And when I say fast, I'm talking about you're not being conservative. I'm telling you right now, in this economy, there's not a deal every week or every other day or every month. There's like a deal every three months, guys. If you're just like, unless you just got this biggest, baddest operation, I'm telling you, you're, you're probably are speeding in your underwriting and it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you and it shouldn't have to hurt. Okay. So what I'm saying is you got to be, be patient in this marketplace. Just be patient guys. I know everybody wants a deal and, and unless I want them to last year, we only did one deal. You know, I think we could have done two and we got, we have another one under contract right now. So, you know, next this year coming up 2020, 
there's a good chance we could do three. But if I only did one, I was okay. I'm okay if I only did one. If you buy one apartment deal a year for the rest, for like 10 years in a row, you're set, dude. You're done. You need you. There's nothing else that you need at that point. So like, you know, don't freak out. But I'm telling you right now, you've got to be conservative in your underwriting. Don't put your best case scenario in rent growth. Don't put your best case scenario in rate. Don't put your best uh, scenario in salaries. I, I'm telling you, like, I, there's a podcast that I go over in the, the rules of, you know, of your underwriting. Listen to that podcast. I can't remember what number it is. Uh, hopefully the people that are, <laughs> that are producing my podcast can go find that episode and where I talk about, you know, the underwriting guidelines because you will need it, right? And just don't falter from that. Be conservative. Stay conservative and because you'll always sleep good at night. You will always, always, always sleep good at night. Most people make too many bad choices. And they, they race. They, they look at your best case scenario. And listen, the only view you got to look from is your investors' eyes. Because truly, when you're looking at deals, some people, you know, they look, they're looking at it from their point of view. What can I make? And what you need to be doing is looking f- uh, from it from your investor's point of view is like, hey, am I going to at least be able to make him his money and sleep at night and not fret? and not have an oh crap moment like every other day. That's when you know you're doing it correctly. And, and I'm just telling you, I'm pleading with you to be conservative in your underwriting. You will never, ever regret it. And it'll always help you to, because it'll help allow you to make fat deals, right? You get a fat deal and it gets skinny, you're okay. You get a skinny deal and it gets skinnier. And that's when you're going to start you know, pulling out your hair and you're going to have really sleepless nights. And I do not wish that on anybody. Okay. I've had those nights and they are not fun. My friends guys with that, I just want to, I just want to, I want to give you some spirit of aloha here in Hawaii. I mean, hopefully you can hear the waves crashing behind me. I mean, it's magical. It's absolute magical. 18 years ago, I had this vision. I came to Hawaii. I came there and I met my first mentor, Bruce. And, And listen, Bruce did show me that time and money, that sunsets and palm trees lifestyle, that cash flow life. He showed it to me. It was real. I could see him living it where he had money. And I could tell that no one was taking his time. He had complete control. And I went on a journey from that day forward. It's been 17 years. I'm telling you, this game, Monopoly, buying apartments, renting them out, it is the best thing that I've ever done. It's not fix and flip. It's not wholesaling. It's buying stuff long-term to hold, to rent out for cash flow. That is the name of the game, but you got to have vision and you got to have belief. I'm telling you, the only thing that matters more than anything else is that when you close your eyes, you have got to envision and see your success. If you don't have a mentor, go find one. That's it. If you don't have a mentor, go find one. Listen, right now, Shelly and I are opening up our second mastermind group. If you'd want to be a part of that, email Shelly. Shelly. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y at kahunainvestments.com. Tell her that you're interested in the mastermind. She'll call you up, tell you, you know, all about it, what it costs, $1,000 a month, $5,000 up front. We meet three times a year. You get all our courses. Um, you get everything, like everything. And you get, you know, me as like, and you get my cell phone. It's important. So if you don't have a mentor and you need one, you're like, you got to find one. You got to find one that you relate to, too. And you got to find one that can actually give you some direction, some guidance, some vision. Vision is what it takes because when you close your eyes, you've got to be able 
to mentally see yourself getting there. And you have to believe it. You absolutely have to believe it. It, it, you're, you're, it will not work if you don't close your eyes and you've got to see. Your, it's got to look, taste, feel, smell. All those senses, you've got to be able to, to see yourself living that life. And it's got to be real. And then when you open your eyes, you got to look at the person right in the mirror and say, if it's to be, it's up to me. Because I'm telling you, if you believe it, you can achieve it in your paradise. It's possible.